Jimbo and Cassio. Mornings on your rock station. Rocket 95.1. Girl has realized that her boyfriend and this going out for four years and living together for four years. And she has realized that her boyfriend this whole time has been, as she says, crouching like Gollum. <laughs> on the toilet to use the bathroom. Instead of just sitting like everybody else, he feels like this is a more productive way to visit the bathroom. I think just sitting down's the answer. I think let's just keep sitting down. Here's what I'm picturing now. I might go, I might face the wall <laughs> and hold on to the tank like it's the side of the pool. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, it, if, we're, if we're standing, all bets are off, man. <laughs> Where'd you go? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's just turn around. Wait, are you? Huh? Wait, are you? But you're still you're still crouched like Gollum. You're just yeah, facing the saying. wall. If we're going the if we're going the squat method, so you're facing the wall. Now I'm facing the wall. Is you got that right hand out propped up against the wall? No, I might go on the edge of the tank. Like, you know, you're in the pool. Like the divers are about to back dive in. <laughs> Jimbo and Cassio. Mornings on your rock station. Rocket 95.1. Hey, everybody. It's the interview queen, Alicia Toot, here as seen weekly on MLW and previously on Impact Wrestling and AEW. If you've yet to check out some of the most awesome interviews as of late, be sure to check out Cassio's Cut. You may see a certain interview queen on there. special guest of honor this week we have got the world famous country music hall of fame gospel hall of fame everything they've won every award there is the oakridge boys thank you gentlemen for joining me thank you brother thanks for having us i'm excited i'm a big fan i gotta show you this i i, I know i'm supposed to be interviewing you and you hate when a fan comes up and starts spilling his guts about his life history but um, I have been singing Elvira since I was two years old. My grandfather would take me to his local bar at two years old and set me up on the uh, bar counter and make me sing so everybody would buy him a beer. Um, and so, <laughs> so well, we know we know now that you were forty-two. <laughs> you are correct. You are you're dead on it. Uh, and this is, I call this my first gig, gentlemen. This is me. And I was singing. I would just walk around the house singing Elvira into the vacuum cord, as you can see. So, How about that? Well, let, let me tell you something, Cassio. One of the reasons the Oak Ridge boys are still around today is because grandfathers like yours passed us down like an old shirt <laughs> through the family. I can't tell you how many times we've played big festivals where there's these young cowboy guys out there with muscles and a girlfriend and a beer. 
and they're singing every lyric to every song that we're up there doing. And I'll challenge them from time to time, say, man, that song was out long before you were born. How do you know every word to leave in Louisiana in the broad daylight? Grandpa's eight tracks, baby. So <laughs> we've been passed down, man. And uh, I think that's awesome that at two years old, you were in the bar singing Elvira. There you go. That is my family shtick. If somebody knows me from my family, they know me singing Elvira. So I'm just excited. I'm I'm a big fan uh, today, and I'm I'm excited. As you can see, I got my shirt that I got this Christmas. Yeah, my first concert out of COVID, and one, I, I know it's one of y'all's first when you went up to Opryland. So, just talk about uh, that kind of blossomed the album that we're at now. We're we're talking about the brand new album, Front Porch Sitting, but those Christmas shows kind of blossomed it a little bit, right? Well, actually, David Cobb went to our Christmas show the previous year. And he saw when we got in our rocking chairs in front of the fireplace and we started talking individually, all four of us uh, talked about where, where we came from and how we each celebrated Christmas in the different states that all four of us were raised, Texas, Alabama, uh, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. And we all shared stories of growing up and how uh, we each would celebrate Christmas with our families. And then we would sing some songs in that part. We, we just talked and just, it was real relaxed. And David Cobb came to our show and said, we got to do an album like this, of, of this type of a feel. We've got to go out on the front porch though, and we've got to do songs that we know, songs you grew up singing. And we'll get some old ones. We'll get some of our staff writers, our sta uh, staff of writers that write hit songs for the artists in the charts today. And we'll get them all tuned into what the Oak Ridge Boys are doing and just do a whole album that is all tuned into front porch singing. And that's how it all started. It all started with David Cobb really coming to our Christmas show and seeing our rocking chair segment where we uh, just sit and talk about Christmas, basically. As I travel and do comedy and live shows and stuff, we got through with that show. And one, that was my favorite part as well, of y'all sitting down and sharing your story. And two, my wife looked at me and said, you ain't nothing if you don't get a Cracker Barrel sponsorship to send you a free rocking chair like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we got those chairs. Well, as you know from the from the Christmas show, uh, I think I talk about it on stage that while we're changing sets that Cracker Barrel did sponsor our tour for a couple of years. And our whole, we used to take the show on the road for like 30, 40 cities. And um, this past year we had the Opryland thing, thank God, because if we'd have had the regular tour book, they would have probably, most of them canceled, except for like, say, Billings, Montana, and we'd had to go all the way there and do Christmas and back. So to have that right here in town, what a blessing that was, as you alluded to, to have Gaylord Opryland put those shows on and let us play every night. And they did all the protocols right, as you know, and, uh, and, and we did that. But several years ago, Cracker Barrel, our whole stage was Cracker Barrel. Our whole stage looked like the front of a Cracker Barrel store. And that's where we got the idea to sit in the Cracker Barrel rockers. Well, when Cracker Barrel went away, we kept the rockers and we kept that segment in the show. And it's been there every year. And I don't know how we would ever do a Christmas show without the rock and chair segment, Most which is what we call it. it. It is. Like you just said, it was your favorite part? Yes. Yeah. Everybody feels that way. Wow. When you guys sit in those rockers. Well, 
that is the attitude we tried to cop on this album. Front porch singing. Four guys having a good time singing together. And uh, old songs, telling new stories. songs, telling stories. It's, it's, it was how this album was born, actually. You guys mentioned working with Dave Cobb. I believe this is your fourth time uh, working with him. And just an absolute super producer of uh, the new voices of country, Chris Stapleton and many others. Just talk about just talk about how it had has been working with him and what he brings to the table working with Oak Ridge Boys. Well, he brings a lot of energy into the studio. He uh, he looks at us as his crazy uncles. <laughs> he was raised like the Oak Ridge Boys uh, down in Georgia, and most the Oak Ridge Boys. Most people know we we were raising uh, gospel music, raised raised in church, going to churches. Raised the same way. The only difference is David, when he became a teenager, he joined a rock and roll group. He wound up in Los Angeles building a studio, recording groups out there. We were one of the groups that he connected with in Nashville through Shooter Jennings. We recorded a song back in Shooter Jennings, and we were looking for a producer, producer that could do with us uh, what Johnny Cash did in his latter recordings. With Rick Rubin. And, Rick Rubin. Yeah. Yes, sir, with Rick Rubin. And Shooter Jennings told us, look, man, you should record with Dave Cobb. That's what he does. He, uh, he gets inside of you, and he looks for that really raw kind of uh, singing from you, and he doesn't really put a lot of bells and whistles with it. And he finds your magic. Well, Dave Cobb knew our magic and he knew how we were raised. He was raised the same way. And he doesn't look at gospel and country and pop or rock and roll as a bunch of separate musics. He, he just says it's good or bad. And he says, there's nobody in the world that sounds like Oak Ridge Boys. No matter what you sing, which, which era, area it's in, it's going to sound like the Oak Ridge Boys. So pick songs you like. Six Pick songs that mean something to you. And let's get your heart and soul into every song you sing. And we follow his direction. And he leads us in some ways that uh, we've not gone. I mean, we cut Seven Nation Army with, with David Cobb. So Who good. Who ever thought that? So good. And, Thank you. And uh, so his ideas are new and fresh. We And he very seldom ever takes one or two cuts on a song and we're done. Uh, he wants the real Oak Ridge boys. He doesn't want a manufactured Oak Ridge boys. He says all your energy that you put into recording, you've you spent most of that by your first or second cut. You can, uh, you can recut and recut dozens of times, but your energy is gonna be gone after about the first or second cut. So we learn that song and we put it down. We might fix a part, a word or two, you know, here or there. But he wants the raw energy of the Oak Ridge Boys and what he sees in us. And he says, you're the only act in the entire music industry that can sing all the genres of music that you want to sing. And you'll still sound like the Oak Ridge Boys. So you, have your, so own, good. you have your own entity. You can do whatever you want to do. 
I, I, I was reflecting a second when you were talking about So Good, So Good on Seven Nation Army. We had recorded a song called Slow Ride with Shooter Jennings on his Wolf album. And um, that's when we first met Dave. And Shooter invited us to a showcase downtown Nashville. Come on down and sing Slow Ride with me. Then we'll do Elvira. And uh, we had a big, gigantic crowd, young crowd, exciting crowd at uh, 3rd and Lindley or one of those places downtown. And Dave Cobb, after we sang with Shooter, we're standing off stage with Dave Cobb. And Dave says, you know what I'm hearing, man? You're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm hearing Seven Nation Army. <laughs> what? He said, I'm, I'm hearing you guys doing Seven Nation Army and Richard doing the, the guitar riffs. He said, it's in my head, man. It's in my head. I'm hearing it. I, I know you think I'm crazy. Well, no, let's go do it. And we did. So that's, that was how it began with Dave Cobb, with Shooter in that song. And then uh, the Boys Are Back album with uh, Seven Nation Army. And, like, and the Boys Are Back written by Shooter. Let's and talk about like a couple other songs. I was lucky enough to get a sneak peek of it. Uh, coming out June 11th. Uh, Richard, let's talk about uh, a couple that you did a lead on, Rock My Soul. I mean, this sounds like it could have been written in the 1950s. It's so good. It feels like it was written just for you. Uh, talk about that and uh, some of the other jams that you had on Red River Valley was so good as well. Well, you're absolutely right about that song being written, especially for me. Uh, it's happened a couple of times now working with Dave Cobb. We were in the studio working and we needed a song for me to sing. So what Dave Cobb did, he got together with his writers. He has a, he has a stable of writers that he works with. These young guys are writing hits for a lot of people. He commissioned them to write a song for me personally. And so it almost happened overnight, literally. He commissioned them to write the song. The next day when we got in the studio, the song was written. It was on a demo. He played it for me. And, and in a few minutes, all of us were out uh, in, in the studio singing a song that the day before was not even written, you know, and it became a reality, you know, and it's, it's just amazing. That's just another example of how amazing it is to work with David Cobb. He's just a special person. There's no question about it. Well, what happened too, though, Dave was reflecting back on Richard's days singing with Elvis. When Richard was with the stamp singing with Elvis, uh, they used to get around the piano and there's a couple of different movies. I think Elvis on tour yeah. you're in and where Elvis gets around the piano and sings gospel with the stamps quartet backing him up. And Dave was hearing that and wanting to do a song in that vein for Richard to sing. That was in that vein of, of, like you said, fifties, old Elvis kind of gospel, yeah, you know, rock of my soul and, in the bosom of Abraham. I think yeah. he felt that. Yeah. yeah. He was thinking of that song. Yeah. I think when they came up with that, with that song for Richard and yeah. And then Red River Valley was Dwayne's idea because he always wanted to hear Richard <laughs> sing Red River Valley. Dwayne's a fan of all the old Western songs. Right. And, uh, and we were talking about doing some old country songs, something that would be meaningful to us that would be really cool to put on this album that you would sing on the front porch. And Dwayne challenged Richard to sing Red River, try Red River Valley and away we went. Let's talk to my fellow Alabamian, uh, Mr. William Golden. Yes. Uh, first, I think it, everybody's got to ask, how long has it been since you trimmed the beard? Uh, 40 years now. <laughs> 41 years. Right before Elvira? 1980. Can't Elvira. believe we're celebrating 40 years from Elvira, and that's as old as your beard. I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shave mine after this interview. I'm embarrassed to have a beard. <laughs> and you, should, uh, you really should be. <laughs> 
My friend says it looks like I passed out the sand, and that's all I got stuck to my face. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about uh, uh, Mr. Golden. You taking the lead. Uh, Old Ways is an absolute fantastic song, and uh, just you can feel your spirit and your soul coming through that in the entire Oak Ridge Boys. Talk about that song. Well, it was a song that uh, Dave Cobb brought into the studio, and he actually uh, pitched it to me the day before that I recorded the first track on it, you know. It, but it was the writers that right there with Dave Cobb uh, upstairs in the studio there. And these guys wrote this song, and uh, one of the guys sang it. And I did an original cut on it there the day that it went down in the studio, the, the tracking session. But uh, then I lived with this demo there for a week or so before we come back in and redid it. And But it is a song. It goes back. It's a, talking about the old time ways that are passed down from one generation to the next. And it's, uh, but it's a hardcore country song about, you know, the old the granddaddy's daddy, which is of uh, old family traditions that are how it's passed down through times. So uh, that's, and uh, yeah, that's, but Dave Cobb pitched that for me to sing, I guess because of my rural background and growing up on a farm and a cotton and peanut farm in the deep south in Alabama. And uh, so, I got my got into it, and it it is a good song. I find myself singing it around home outside when I'm uh, feeding the deer and playing with the dog and stuff. That, that's what y'all talk about going back to your roots, sitting on the front porch, and just you know living your life. Uh, I'm excited for everybody to get to hear this entire album. Uh, also, on top of this album, I also want to talk about. Life is Beautiful, which uh, I am a Keb Mo fan, which is a, he did a fantastic job on it. And you guys are right there with him. Um, how did you, did you guys know this song going in? How did this song get to be on the album? Dwayne. Well, the song was uh, suggested to me that I go to the internet and find it. And I did. And uh, I've known Keb Mo for a long time. He's been on the Opry many times. In fact, uh, Probably 35 years ago, I was the best man at a wedding, and he sang at the wedding. So I've known him uh -huh. all that long time, but recently, uh, Kev Moe's career has kind of exploded, and I went to the internet and found that song, and and the first time I listened to it, it, it just captivated me. I was, uh, I had to listen to it again all the way through, and then I started looking for other places that he had performed it and and looked for other videos in different uh different settings where i could see if he did it the same way and the inflections in his tones and everything about it i i loved i just uh it just i probably listened to it five or six times and several different videos that i could uh, search uh before the day was up, I was singing that song going around the house. The first thing I did the next morning was go to my computer and pull that song up 
and uh, listen and watch that song again. It was like an earworm. I couldn't get it out of my head. And so I showed it to the guys the next day and everybody loved it. Uh, I didn't really look at it as being so meaningful or what it would mean in this front porch setting, ultimately. Uh, I, I guess it was a God thing uh, in that this was the first song that I found. But as we recorded it and as you listen to the song, uh, it fits right into the pandemic, to sitting on the front porch and singing about the positive things we're all looking forward to getting back to the good things in life and and it has a line in it i heard joe and william talking about it in the next door dressing room just today they were talking about somewhere in the world tonight the sun is shining bright well we're all we're all looking for the sun to shine bright again on our lives and get out of this dark dungeon we've been in in this pandemic. Everybody has been in it, not just musicians, not just us. But I didn't have any idea when I was listening to that song and just couldn't wait to record it, that it would mean so much now, getting out and through this pandemic, that it had a message for that too. I love that message of love, of singing to one's partner, of getting older in life and still wanting to drift through the trees and and uh, sail on the seas and on the dance, on the juke joint floors. And, you know, I, I was just thinking of the one I love and as a love song. But, man, it's so much more than that. It's got a place in the recovery time and the place of renewal for all of us to think about when we hear that song where we're all going to be better again and find a new level of uh, a good place to be after all this pandemic is over. Well, that leads us, I mean, that's that sums up that perfectly. It leads us to, of course, the, uh, the lead single off the brand new album coming out, Love, Light, and Healing. And uh, again, if that one doesn't speak to what we need coming out of this thing, I don't know what does. Uh, talk about this lead track. Well, you know, it's like go. It's like uh, it's like Dwayne just said when he first was listening to "Life Is Beautiful." He heard it as a great song, a good love song, a good song for us to record. We could probably sing the choruses really cool, and we did. And not realizing maybe how much it would mean later. Love, Light, and Healing felt more like a song that would be meaningful during this time because, let's face it, we were recording in a pandemic. Uh, we were all had been shut down for months. And Love, Light, and Healing, I know, felt like that kind of a song. But as we continued to work on the album, I don't think it hit any of us, maybe, like Life is Beautiful, till recently, that we may have inadvertently recorded the perfect album for this day and age. Songs like Love, Light, and Healing and, and, and Life is Beautiful and some of the gospel on there and, and, and Golden singing about the old ways. These songs all kind of fit together into that same, same feel that, that uh, like Dwayne just alluded to, that we, we need to be looking at the light a little bit more right now. We need to know that life is beautiful. We've spent, uh, we've spent almost a year of people thinking and talking about dying. 
Well, it's time to start talking more about living. Oh, yeah. And that's what, man, that's what oh, we're yeah. saying. Life is beautiful. Somewhere in the world, the sun is shining bright, man. And we need love, light, and healing. Faith, oh, yeah. family, and friends, we need all of this. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know that we realized it at the time. We knew we were doing something really cool because we record cool with Dave Cobb. And we, we, had a, we had a philosophy here, the front porch singing idea, old gospel, new gospel, old country, like Red River Valley, new country, like maybe life is beautiful or love, light, and healing. But I don't think we realized till after the fact that, man, this album may be just what we all need right now. Well, we're looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for everybody to get to hear it. I know you guys are. I know we are looking forward to seeing you guys get back on the road as well and see some live shows. I know you guys, you guys got to be excited for it, but was the silver lining, maybe you got to recharge the batteries a little bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, we're all good home guys, man. We all got great families. We all have a great support system. For the first time in our whole lives, we've been home a lot. That's never really happened to us where you're home. I mean, a lot. And I can't say that I haven't enjoyed being home, but I can also sure say that I have missed the road and I've missed my, I've missed singing. I mean, when the Oak Ridge boys hit the stage and sing, it's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. And we're all fortunate that God has blessed us with good health. We're all feeling good. We're singing good. We're chomping at the bit to get out there on stage and sing. And, uh, but being home has been okay. Yeah. I would say it's been a little bit of a recharge and maybe even a little bit more than, than a recharge. I think it's more of a, you find a lot of time looking inward a little bit and, and, and figuring out what you're really all about, you know, and uh, your faith gets stronger too, hopefully. And I know mine has, and I think all of ours has. We've learned life is a learning experience. And I think this whole pandemic has been a learning experience for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people, but it, it's time to move on. It's time to, uh, it's time to get, get back to being us again. And that's what we're excited about. I hear you. I ask this one last question. I ask all my guests usually to give me their Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie cakes, but there's four of you. So I think you got to pick one each of Little Debbie cakes. What's your favorite ones? Can you give me one each? I, I like Entenmann's mini chocolate donuts. Okay. They got the mini chocolate. We got Nutty Buddy fans or oatmeal cream pie, honey bun. Nutty Buddy. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a nutty buddy. Yeah, I like Star Crunch. Anything with chocolate in it. A Swiss cake roll. You might be Richard. Uh, I'm not big on sweets usually. I think I'll I'll just go with a Starbucks black coffee. <laughs> right. And what about you, Joe? Oh, I, I, I'm 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 still on the chocolate donuts. Oh yeah, the chocolate donuts. Chocolate. All right, we're gonna put you down. I'm there. Thank you, guys. I know you're very busy. Brand new album coming out. I appreciate you taking the time, and I look forward to seeing you guys back out on the road again. Thanks, man. Thank, Thank you. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. That's great.